after dark, baby. Don't do it. Welcome to episode 22 of the Flag Stays Down podcast. Uh, nice little month-end special under the transfer window. So tonight it's myself, Andy. You can find me on Twitter at Comiskey North. Uh, I've got uh, back for the second time uh, our buddy Joe, Liverpool, resident Liverpool expert. Cheers. Uh, Cheers. <laughs> Joe, how you doing on this Sunday? Doing all right. Kind of a tough sports weekend for all my teams, but um, but not doing too bad. Yeah, dude, bro. <laughs> rough, rough to say the least. Uh, I know you'd mentioned Marquette lost today. We got the U.S. losing to Canada for the first time since 1993. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh boy! And of course, no Premier League. So no, yeah. it's been pretty brutal. <laughs> well, let's. Uh, I do want to chat about that that U.S. game. Um, I know you and I were kind of messaging back and forth uh, about that one. And uh, with with Matt in Mexico and Parker at a pinball tournament, <laughs> they just, they, I'm I'm glad you were watching. <laughs> That's pretty funny. I had no idea that Parker was actually at a pinball tournament. So the the U.S. goes down early. Uh, I I don't have it up in front of me. I just remember it was a, a BS goal where the the U.S. failed to do anything off of a goal kick. Canada countered real quick with uh, no defensive effort put forth. And uh, yeah, just, a, just a terrible goal. And then, of course, they concede a second in what, like the 85th, 86th, something like that. But it, from, from top to bottom here, this was not a good effort. But uh, you know, I'm curious to, to know what you think a little bit more in depth on that. It was you and I touched on it a couple times. Everything was just so slow and they would attempt build up play, but it sure seemed like they were attempting build up play for attempting build up play's sake. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then when that stopped working, then they kind of went to the patented U S strategy of just bomb it downfield and see if Pulisic and McKinney can do something with it. <laughs> and that's about it. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, as as I've seen as a Chelsea fan, Pulisic is not in form at the moment whatsoever. So <laughs> bombing it downfield to him was probably not the best option. <laughs> there, were, there were certain points, and I know I messaged you during one of them, but um, when McKinney, they literally just pass it to him, and they're like, okay, go ahead, take it against four defenders, see what you can do. No one is going to support you. Have fun. Like... What I mean, what is he supposed to do in the final third with four or five defenders around him? I mean, it, it was just kind of sad. And it's it's amazing because they, you know, we've been hearing for years that this is the golden generation. And right. Granted, granted, we're in third in World Cup qualifying, which isn't terrible, but for for Canada to be leading this group sure. when when we've got players at like Barcelona, Chelsea, <laughs> right. Well, it, it kind of leads to the team selection, too. You were touching on it, but, like, where's Josh Sargent? Yeah. You're telling me he couldn't do anything more than our forward today? Like, I mean, I he, he, Josh Sargent's on a roll. He's finally scoring for Norwich now, too. Right. It, it's in – you touched on it earlier saying that we need to have these guys – that are actually in mid-season form playing instead of all these MLS guys that are 
in the off season. So yeah, I, I don't know. It was, it was, it's kind of worrisome if I'm being honest, because I, I just don't feel like they have a good strategy going forward. But, uh, there, there are some of the players I don't mind from, from MLS, like Kellen Acosta coming off the bench. I'm okay with, mm-hmm. um, but the, the one that really grinds my gears is Jesse Zardes. Yes. I yes. Did, didn't even know he was still around. Like where, <laughs> where, where, where did he come from? Why is he, I know he's Greg Berhalter's guy, but you're telling me that out of any, out of 350 people in America, he is your best attacking option. Right. Well, and they did bring Pepe off the bench, but it's like, what, what's wrong with him? Why can't he start? I feel like he was much more creative in the few minutes he was on the pitch than, I don't know. It's, yeah, it, it's kind of a mind, head scratcher, mind number. Yeah, I'm trying to, trying to bring up the roster here just to see how many MLSers we've got. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it's not even worth it. There are, uh, there's a lot. I, like half the roster is coming out of MLS there. Thanks. <sighs> Boy. So I've been on the, uh, the Burhalter out train for a while. And yeah. I was, a, I was a guy who supported Klinsman until he got a little crazy in the head. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but man, I don't, I don't understand us soccer's infatuation with MLS. I mean, I know it's, you know, the U S is league, but we don't need an MLS coach managing nope. us to the world cup. I completely agree. I, and I feel like you see more success with coaches that are not from their country coaching their coaching some national team personally. So I don't know. So you want him fired, but who do you think should replace him? Well, up until today, there was a great manager available who knows how to handle young guys. And that was Frank Lampard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, you know, Claudio Ranieri is available. Rafa Benitez is available. I don't particularly want either of those. But um, who was the, the American coach from Red Bull who just got fired? Marsh? I'm not sure. Not sure of the name. But, yeah, he, I mean, he's, he's available too, if you, even if you want an American who's got international experience. Right, right. As long as his last name is not Bradley. <laughs> I would honestly take Bob Bradley back bob bradley had a plan <laughs> <laughs> you, you seriously would take him back maybe as long as he doesn't bring michael bradley with him leaves him at home yeah, with his, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and i know i know i said you this earlier but i just want to i want i want everyone to, to make sure they're aware when they hear this on the next world cup call Yes, Greg Berhalter has the best win percentage of any U.S. coach ever. But since he's been since he's been the manager, they have pretty much gotten away or gotten rid of international friendlies. The U.S. has played in Concacaf Champions League or Concacaf Nations League, Concacaf World Cup qualifying, and the Gold Cup. Yeah. So good job beating Aruba seven times. It's. I, it, it's not as impressive a stat as CBS makes it out to be. Right. Which is another, <laughs> well, another thing that grinds my gears. It just, it kind of blows my mind. It's like, would I understand a lot of these friendlies? You, gotta, you want to build confidence. 
But at the same time, don't you want some of your friendlies to be against, you know, decent competition to maybe prepare a little bit more against better competition if you were to make the World Cup? I don't know. Save your guys some travel. I mean, half your squad is from Europe at this point anyways. Why, you know, why not go play Sweden or something? Right. Iceland. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Get the chant going. Which can, I'll give props to Canada for having 50% of, uh, of their whatever capacity. They, yeah. They were, they were loud. They, yeah, it looked pretty rowdy there. And, and I mean, yeah, props to them. I can't, they probably don't think they've had much success in the qualifying. No, I, I can't, I, I don't think they've been in a World Cup in our lifetime. Right. <laughs> Not that I know. So, yeah, so props to them. That I mean, that's probably <laughs> how we're feeling now is how Mexico probably feels when we beat them. Yeah, that's probably true. But, uh, the the last thing from from this match, kind of just a uh, U.S. to Premier League transition here. I wanted to get get your opinion because Matt Parker and I talk about Pulisic almost weekly at, at right. this point. Um, and we, we certainly have our views on them. After watching them today, you know, how, what, what are your opinions on, on Pulisic as a fan of the U.S.? I just feel like, and correct me if I'm wrong, but he's usually one that makes, tries to make runs behind the, the defense. And I am not seeing him do that nearly as often. And, and I feel like that is part of his strength is making because he's lightning fast but i don't feel like he's truly using his speed to make those runs i feel like he's trying to handle more of the ball and that's not necessarily paying dividends yeah and you know pools like the last couple weeks has had to play out of position whether that's a wing back or you know a little bit more centrally um played as a false nine for a while Mm -hmm. so he hasn't really played his left wing position in, in, in a while. Right. Um, and I think that kind of showed today. He, he just didn't have, he wasn't as crisp as right. he has been. So, I mean, it's been I, months though. Yeah, it has. And so I know me, me and uh, Matt Parker have talked about, you know, maybe pool six best bet is to, to leave the club. What, what, what would you think? Do, do you think Chelsea's the right place for him or is there somewhere else in, that you'd have in mind? Maybe back to the Bundesliga. I mean, it, he had a, a decent spell in the Premier League, and he had some success, but I don't know. Do, do you feel he's truly consistent enough to, to make a lasting presence in the Premier League, or do you think it's a flash in the pan? No, I think that Operation Restart where he was on fire, I think that was – a flash in the pan. I, I don't think yeah. that was true form. I think that was him taking advantage of some guys who were out of form. But yeah, I, I think you're right. Probably, probably the Bundesliga or La Liga would be yeah. two two really good spots for him. And it seems to be that's that's where most Americans end up. Is one of those two. <laughs> that's true. In in truth be told, as long as and this sounds bad, like I'm going to be ragging on the MLS, but man, it 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 shows the players that are playing over in Europe and playing in those different leagues in Europe tend to have more success in 
the World Cup qualifying and in the World Cup matches and all that. So I, I don't know. I just the MLS is just. I'm not going to say a crappy league, but it's bordering on a crappy league, and I just don't think that there's enough good players in that league in order to push any of our men's national team guys. And then you keep expanding the league. Right, right. Year after year. Diluting it even more, yeah. Like, I, I understand why they do it, because money rules everything. But And they want to make the MLS a bigger league. But I also think they need to start maybe having it be more like every other soccer league in the nation and have that, you know, tiered scoring system and not have true playoffs. But that's just me. I don't know. Yeah, play, don't get me started on playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> Mainly because my team always gets screwed. Right, right. Sporting Kansas City will end up drawing with Portland every single year. That's <laughs> what it is. Uh, all right, well, get, getting over to the, the Premier League. Um, you know, it, it's been a while since we've talked to Liverpool on this pod, and you know, we got you guys coming up again, what is it, yep. next month? In the yep. Carabao Cup. Um, Liverpool have been have been a little busy today, and then the last couple of days looks like in the transfer window. How how are you feeling coming out of January here? You feel you're still in the race? Yes. I, well, you know it, it it's so tough because we do have. I mean, the crazy thing is we do have another four months, like another three and a half months of matches, and it just really sucks having to like rely on a team to lose points and basically you had kind of have to be perfect from here on out in order to stay in the race and thankfully with um mo and in mane and keta being out we have had i mean i think we've only dropped two points technically with one draw so but we've been actually been playing pretty well just gutting out wins wins or draws so <laughs> that's all i can really ask but um being i think we're what six behind now but i think we're a game up um we'll say i'm in a better place <laughs> than i was last time we talked but i still personally think that city's probably going to win the league just because i mean they're just a machine i don't see them dropping too many more matches and frankly, again, having to stay perfect and not really drop any points with the draw is going to be really tough the rest of the way. So what do you think Klopp's focus is for the remainder of the year? What, what do you think is priority number one between the league, Cups, Champions League? I personally think he's going to be focusing on getting trophies other than the, the Premier League. I, I think he's still going to obviously play the strongest side he can for the Premier League. Um, because I'm sure he doesn't want to give any illusion that he's going to be giving up the league because the fan base would not be super pumped with that. Um, Cause really the, the premier league is basically the, the highest that you can go, especially for the fan base, but it, it'll be nice to, you know, try and get some other trophies like the Carabao cup and, and really focus on the champions league again. Um, because I think they have the depth to be able to, to win some trophies this year. And once we get the guys back from AFCON, um, I think we'll be in pretty good shape, especially with our uh, new signing. So. Yeah. Who, 
who who I saw that there were signings today. I didn't really do much digging into it. Who who did Liverpool pick up today? Luis Diaz. That's the guy out of Portugal, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, he's going to be. I think he's going to fit perfectly. I think he's going to be more of a Diego Jota type, um, just constant energy, making those runs that you need to, and having that aggressiveness. I, I'm really excited to have him um, because Bobby, Bobby's getting old, um, in my opinion. He he's still really good on the ball, and he's still important to what we do. Um, but I feel like Jota is is slowly taking over his spot and. Um, Jota can also go to the wing as he's shown in the last couple of matches as well and having Luis Diaz I believe he can too so if more Mane ever need a rest or you know anything for coming to a big match in the Carabao like the championship um, it, it'll be nice to have that depth so do you think this you know do you read between the lines at all do you, do you see this being props for Liverpool keeping Mohamed Salah I think my honest opinion, I think they will re-sign Salah and then let Mane go. It, it sucks, but I think it's inevitable. I also think they're probably going to be looking uh, to offload Origi and um, Minamino as well. Likely in the summer window. I don't think it's happening on deadline day. Um, but I think that's those are pretty much foregone conclusions that especially Origi and Minamino are going to be gone. Yeah, it's <laughs> I mean it's it's an abundance of wealth at, at those right. attacking positions. Um, and just to I don't know to <laughs> to hear oh yeah just kind of in passing Mane Mane will probably be gone is yeah it, it, it <laughs> you know, blows my mind. What the best wingers in the world were like yeah you. He's probably out the door, honestly, which, which sucks because he seems to to really enjoy the club and he, he enjoys all the fans. But um, but I think if if they had to choose between the two, I think they're keeping Salah. Yeah, because the the rumor I think it was last week was Chelsea are lining up to to go after Salah in the, in the summer window. Bring him back, yeah, yeah, and then he won't. He, he'll score four goals. Fernando Torres 2.0. Yeah. <laughs> Big Rom 2.0. Right. Man. Um, and then the, the other one I saw you guys were linked to was uh Carvalho out of yes. uh out of Fulham. Is is he another attacker? Um, I think he would you know it's kind of tough to see, honestly, see where he would fit in. Um I feel like he would be more of an attacking mid, but I very well could be wrong. Um, they have a, a five million out, uh, five million pound offer out there, I should say, um, and I think that means he would stay for the the rest of his uh, the rest of the season at Fulham and then come over in the summer, which seemed kind of interesting to me because I think they could probably use him right away, but. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's all kind of speculative at this point. I, I, I don't think anything has actually gone through yet. Um, but we'll see. I think they're just trying to add a little bit of depth in the the attacking because we have the depth in the defense now. Um, there's also, well, I take that back. There's also a chance they might be selling Nico Williams, which is uh, one of our good young, um, I believe he's a left back. So I don't know. I, he, 
<laughs> you never really know. And with deadline day being tomorrow, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, and look, looking at Carvalho, it looks like it's going to be a good signing. He was 19, coming out of Portugal. His first full season here in England with Fulham. He's got uh, eight goals and 20 appearances. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. At, at 19, I mean, I mean, I guess it's a good move to, you know, buy him and then loan him back immediately to, to finish out the year. Let him let him finish out a great year and come back at age 20 and right tear it up. <laughs> well, and I think the other part of that is, is that um, Fulham, Fulham, I think, is still in the the race to be promoted. So I don't think that I think as far as sportsmanship goes, they don't want to take their best attacker away from them in the in the heat of a promotion race so i think that's ultimately what it might be if it does go through yeah yeah look, looking at there they're right in the, the heart of it they got the best attack in the championship so good good luck to them <laughs> that's that's one of those clubs where i always enjoyed watching other teams play there in the Premier league <laughs> right I don't know. I, I just love Craven Cottage. It's it's one of my favorite grounds. Swansea has always been my, I'm not going to say second team just because that, that's a little high, but I just love John Joe Shelby. He's my favorite. My absolute favorite of all time. <laughs> John Joe. Oh, what a, what He's a so bald. He's been bald for years. <laughs> Starred for that Newcastle team now for so long, and then they're about to pump a bunch of money in. He's gonna be out the door. Yep. Jeez. All right. So going back to uh to to transfers here. There. Have you been seeing anything else for for Liverpool that might be coming through the pipes? I honestly have not seen. That's the only really two that I've seen. Um, I think they might be trying to sell Nat Phillips, uh, one of the uh, center backs that we got. Um, but I personally don't want to. <laughs> I personally think he, when he's played, he has played better than Konate. And, and Konate, honestly, he's been had a little bit better form as of late, but yeah, he still worries me every time he starts. Because I just, I just feel like him and Verge just don't mesh together for whatever reason. So I, I don't know. Him, honestly, Verge and Matip have, I don't know what happened, but they've just built this partnership, and they've then, I mean, they've been really, really good next to each other. Is Matip kind of playing out of position as a center back? I, I could have sworn he was a like a holding mid for a while, wasn't he? No, no, not for us at least. He's always been he's always been the center back. Okay, uh, he's also been oft injured. Oh, <laughs> okay. Seemingly every year, it seems like he has some sort of nagging injury that keeps him off for weeks and weeks and sometimes months. So this is probably, I mean, knock on wood, that this is going to be one of his first full seasons. So, and he's thankfully shown that he can, I mean, play really well. He. He's so funny because he'll just have these um, sweeping attacks from the back where he will literally just dribble it up the middle of the field and 
and go around people and, and every single time it's just like just pass the damn ball pass the damn bell pass the goddamn ball <laughs> because you just know it's going to get taken away eventually but he he loves doing it <laughs> yeah, we we call those rudy runs so yes simply antonio rudiger for us doing that <laughs> all right so it, it's switching back to the, the premier league here I think it's kind of kind of obvious the top three is going to end up being City, Liverpool, Chelsea. Yeah, yeah. It, it's going to be hard to, to catch those three. Outside of that, you've got what four points dividing six teams, five teams. It's wild. Yeah, it, it's wild toward the anywhere four through four through eight. I think it's pretty pretty tight race. So you've got United, West Ham, Arsenal, Spurs, and Wolves. Uh, all divided by four points. Obviously, games in hand all over the place. Right. Uh, who do you think is is finishing in that top four spot out of those teams? Uh, my hope, West Ham. I think they deserve. I mean, they've been playing out of their minds all year, in my opinion. Um, I'd love to see them have some success and, and get back into the Champions League. Um, <laughs> but realistically, I'm thinking maybe Spurs. I think they might might pull out a run of form um, and be able to, to get into that top spot. Just because, I mean, it's like you said, it's so wide open. And, and those teams just kind of beat up on each other, it seems like. So, I mean, you can drop three points and gain three points, and all of a sudden you're back in the race. So, I don't know. It, it's going to be tight, but I think my heart goes with West Ham, but my brain goes with Spurs. Yeah, I, man, I, I hate to say Antonio Conte is a great manager, but he, he really is. I, I think he's going to write that ship eventually. Although it yeah. is funny that they cannot get anybody to sign there this month. <laughs> no, they can't at all. <laughs> including a non-league player that they went out and tried to sign, turn them down right. this week. So it makes me laugh. Love it. But Arsenal's not doing it. Too many red cards. And now, now they can't uh, with the new... Premier League COVID rules. They can't BS their way to suspending matches anymore. Right. Uh, right. Wolves will fall off because they're wolves. Right. So, yeah, I mean, really that leaves United, West Ham, and Spurs. Nobody and, wants United for spot. So. No, no, no one. Does. Everybody hates United. <laughs> but I feel like it might be good if they do because then you got Ralph Ragnick. Maybe he sticks on instead of becoming director, sticks on as True. manager. True. And then, they, you know, he'll retire in a couple of years and then they'll have to do it all again. But <laughs> yeah, I, I think West Ham's, West Ham's got to be everybody's Cinderella at this point, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, and I'm not going to say that they remind me of the Leicester team because that Leicester team, when they won the league, was just, they were so much fun. They were so much fun. But West Ham, I think, has the opportunity to be able to do to do that. Ooh, sorry. I, I have the football game on in the background, the American football game, the Rams and the Niners, and Jimmy G just uh, flipped one right over the head of a receiver. <laughs> sorry, it distracted me. But, um, but I would love, like I said, yes, I would love to have West Ham get that four spot and get back in the Champions League. All right, let's uh, let's turn our turn our attention to the bottom of the table. 
you know, we've got, like you said, four months left here and Everton has entered into the, the relegation battle. So you've got uh, Everton on 19 points, Norwich, Newcastle, Watford, and Burnley. Do you see Newcastle, Watford, and Burnley staying as your relegated teams or, you know, is somebody else yeah. going to slip in there? No, I don't think any. Those 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 three teams are just—they're terrible. They really are. And I mean, if I would again, the heart tells me I would love to have Everton get relegated, but I think that would be terrible for the league, honestly. So, but that would be really, really funny that Rafa puts him in that position. It's almost like we had him in there as a spy, Agent Rafa. Right. <laughs> I would love that if honestly, if if Everton and Burnley could swap, yeah, I'd be happy. I love Sean Dyche. I love I. I don't know everything about oh. Burnley. It, you know, if you had to pick a second team, Burnley is my second team. Uh, he, oh, really, you, you like him, huh? Yeah, he's a he's a bulldog. He he doesn't take uh, crap. He's he's like a no, he, uh, and and maybe that's why I don't. I'm not the hugest fan of him, but um, but he at least he has his players back. He he shows that he is at least passionate, so I'm sure that helps when they are consistently losing. <laughs> well, what, what else helps is they they've played the least amount of games out of anyone. They've they played 18 matches so far this year. <laughs> right, right. So, there's there's room for improvement. Jeez, Louise. I do hope Newcastle go down though. Just go down, stay down. <laughs> See you later. Yeah. You them, them and John Joe and, and go shove it. No. <laughs> Not John Joe. See the thing is though, I can't I still don't like Newcastle, even though they do have John Joe, but John Joe at Swansea made me like Swansea. So <laughs> that's that's fair. That's a, that's totally fair. Yikes. <laughs> All right. And then uh let, last thing here. Let's uh let's make a Super Bowl prediction. I, I have no idea who's winning the Niners Rams games right now. I I don't care to watch. The the LA Rams are going to the Super Bowl against Joey B and the Bengals. All right. So it's the, the Super Bowl of I don't give a shit for me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I will only watch for Snoop Dogg. I feel I feel like America is going to be cheering for the Bengals because Los Angeles, no one likes any Los Angeles teams unless you're from Los Angeles. So, in fact, the L.A. State, they kept showing the inside of the L.A. Stadium and it was like all red, like <laughs> all 49ers fans. It's like, yeah, it's it's pretty bad. So me, my my personal, I think, prediction is going to be the Bengals are going to win 34 to 24 Ooh. against the, it's going to be a high scoring affair. Does Matthew Stafford throw a pick six? <laughs> I'm going to say at least one <laughs> over under one and a half. Over. Oh my God. But to be fair, that, that is the best part of the Super Bowl is all the little prop bets and stuff. Uh, Best. Yes, the length of the national anthem, you know, how many yes. times Joe Buck says a word and like what color uh, Gatorade it's gonna be. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no, I I 
I think that's fair. I, yeah, I don't, I don't think the Rams can beat the Bengals. The Niners, just because they're lucky, I think would have a chance, but right, not, not Stafford. No, I mean, if Patrick Mahomes can't through, can't get through the Bengals defense, I don't sure. see how Matt Stafford is. No, that was a rough second half. Holy cow! I oof. It's, it's just another thing that tore my heart off this weekend. <laughs> Right, right. I, you know, and I, I keep forgetting that you're a uh, Kansas City fan through and through just because you, you know, lived there for a while. But yeah, that's that is pretty rough. I would say it's it definitely took the spotlight off the Packers <laughs> choking at home. So, I mean, I got to thank him personally. <laughs> <laughs> I love to we'll do a pod next football season. We'll do a uh, some something go pack go. Go pack go. That Aaron Rodgers. We'll see if he's still on the team. All right. What what do you think? Does he come back? I want him to be traded. And it's not like a vindictive thing. It's he obviously doesn't really want to be here. The fans are starting with sour on him. I want to get as the reason why I want to trade him now is just to get as much as we possibly can for him in a trade, get those first round picks, get some talent back, maybe even on the defensive side. Um, you know, I, I think now might be the time to, to try and get as much as we possibly can for him instead of waiting and maybe trying to resign him. And I think, I think my least favorite part of all of this has been Wisconsin sports talk radio. And okay. <laughs> for, for a dear listener who I'm sure lives in some other city, in some other state, I'm sure your sports talk radio is just as bad. But Wisconsin is something special because you got the people who are from up north. And then yeah, you Rick got from like, here. Yeah. And then you got everybody else. And everyone has an opinion and they're all wrong. And all the people are like, oh, yeah, trade, trade them, do a rebuild, da 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 da, da are going to be the same people who eight months from now are going to be calling in saying, why do we fucking suck? Da, 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 da. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> why do we it. just lose to the bears? Yeah. <laughs> why, why can't we have a quarterback like that? Justin Fields guy. That Mason crossbar keeps hitting the post. God, I hate, I hate Milwaukee sports talk so much. <laughs> you want to talk about the, just some of the most fair weather people. I mean, listen to Milwaukee sports radio for sure. <laughs> and they always want somebody back from the past. Right. Right. With the Brewers, it's Ryan Braun with the, <laughs> with the Packers for a while. It was Jordy Nelson. Like, yeah. It's just, <laughs> let it go. Let it go. It's fine. Umaro. <laughs> People wanted to keep Jake Cooper oh, so badly. Uh, my God. Yeah. So pr- props to you for, for one time working in sports radio here. Because you know, <laughs> the ESPN 540 was something. That's for sure. Um, so quick story. I'll get, I'll tell you a quick story. So that was um, the year I interned there was also the year that the Brewers were making. Um, a playoff run and they were had potentially had, had a chance to get a pretty good seed and so and win the central for the f- first time in a long time and um 
being up in the press box, you can't cheer. You can't openly cheer. You have to have zero bias and you have to like be like almost library quiet sometimes. And like, because they announce stuff over the speakers, the sports writers, you know, are all jabbing with each other and, and the said and the other thing. Tom Hodricourt was telling off-color jokes and stuff. <laughs> He's retiring, so I could say that now. But um, but it was uh, it, it was an experience because you could not. I mean, you just couldn't be a fan. And there was um, <laughs> there was one time in general that I, I got yelled at and. I forgot who, which pitcher it was, but he laid down just the most perfect sacrifice bunt down the first baseline. All I did was, ooh, that's a nice bunt. And then I literally got shushed, like old lady shushed by my supervisor and like three other people that were in the press box. I didn't even say it that loud, but I got shushed for saying, ooh, that's a nice bunt. So... Yeah, that pretty much summed up my time with the ESPN 540. Yeah, a lot, lot better to be podcasting than, right, <laughs> than media credentials. No doubt about it. All right, man. Well, it, it's been a pleasure, and we're you know we're definitely going to have you back on the, the week of the Carabao Cup final. Absolutely. Um, so, uh, again, we appreciate everyone listening in. Uh, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all that at Flag Down Pod. Uh, you can find Joe here at Joe Mach 64, uh, myself, Andy at Comiskey North. Uh, and as always, please subscribe, rate, review, check out our YouTube channel. It, it's all there. Any way you want to intake us, we'll, we'll have it ready for you. Get us out there. Yeah, pra- phrasing. I'm all potted out.